Welcome to 216, a link to the past randomizer podcast. I am your host, Pure Agent. If you're joining the show for the first time and you're wondering why the show is called 216, well, there are 216 checks and a normal link to the past randomizer seed. And on the podcast, we're going to try to do all the checks with all our guests. Today on the show, we've got Shireen, and it's a really fun conversation. And I was super glad that he agreed to do the show. Shireen and I go way back. We've had a, a long history together, and uh, it's cool to hear his story. So we'll get to that soon. Not a lot uh, has changed since the last episode that was released with Arier. Cross Keys Tournament, Kaz Boots, Avian Art, all the tournaments are going on. The Speed Gaming Live online tournament qualifiers just started. Those are spoiler log races where you get 15 minutes to plan out your route to figure out where all the items are and then try to execute low percentage fights <laughs> throughout the uh, throughout the seed. They usually take about 55 minutes on average, I would say. I honestly haven't looked at <laughs> what the qualifiers mean. I'm not sure how the tournament is being ran. I haven't looked at the document at all. I probably should. I did enter the first one. I wasn't planning on doing it. I haven't done a spoiler log race in, gosh, like two years. But I saw that the uh, the qualifier was happening, and I was like, let's just try it. So like five minutes before the race room uh, closed, I jumped in and ended up taking third place in that one. Had to kill Moth on Four Hearts and Fighter Sword to get the boots also for a pendant. Boots were required. It was a pretty crazy seed. It was a lot of fun. And um, I'll probably do a couple more. I don't know if I'm going to do the tournament, but... Spoiler log races are pretty fun. Uh, I, I don't really know much about the tournament. I should probably look more into it. It was a lot of fun, and uh, I, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Uh, not a huge turnout so far from what I've seen. I think the average race has about 10 to 12 people in it. So I'm not sure how many people are supposed to be in the tournament. I'm not sure, sure how many people qualify because these are qualifiers. I do know that I expect Zelga Dasan to win this tournament. He's probably the best at this mode. Yeah, it should be interesting. Maybe uh, for next week, I'll try to get more information about what's uh, what SDL is all about. I know that the uh, live portion will have a tournament as well. I'm not sure which modes those are going to be. I think probably something similar to last year with like the Kaz boots, like modified hard mode. I haven't really checked it out because I'm not going to be able to attend SDL this year, but uh, it should be a good time. Uh, league registration's about to open on Sunday. Uh, I'm very excited about that. I'm interested to see how the Invitational turns out. From talking to people, this is literally, I have no information other than just chatting with people, trying to figure out who's coming back and who's jumping ship. Feels like there's going to be a lot of shakeup. Like a, a lot of people are still going to be playing in the tournament, but uh, with new teams. So it'll be interesting to see what the... Uh, what the admins do with the Invitational this year. Cross Keys final week is about to kick off. Last year I finished at five and three, currently five and two. So hoping to so hoping to finish a little bit better than last year. I would be a little disappointed to finish with the same record, but what are you gonna do? Today on the show we've got Shireen. Shireen and I go way back. Like I feel like Shireen was one of the first people to like really bring me into his community uh, early on, and we've got a really cool relationship. Actually, Shireen actually feels like family to me. He feels like my little brother. And, I'm, and I say this because we talk about League Season 4. For me, this is the the final note in the whole Season 4 situation. After this conversation with Shireen on the podcast, it's done, it's over, it's happened. I'm in a better spot than I've ever been. And I'm glad, <laughs> looking back, that it happened the way it did because I was able to get to the spot where I am now. If it didn't, then then I, I probably wouldn't have, have gotten here. And 
And listening to Shereen talk about that situation, I don't know, it just puts it in a completely different perspective for me as well. Like I get to hear it from his point of view. And I think that's super important is to hear it from his point of view. And that's not the whole conversation. That's literally just like the last portion of our conversation. It's not really about the league. It's all about Shereen. I'm ready to put that stuff to rest. And I think having uh, Shereen and I like sit down and talk about it even briefly is a way to just like finish it up. And I say that he's like a little brother because like family, like my own little brother, you get in arguments, you get in disagreements, like shit goes down and you work through it and then you're good. Hopefully that's how your family works. I know not all families have a healthy relationship like that. And Shereen and I, you know, had a disagreement or whatever on how this was handled. We worked it out and now we're bros again. And like shortly after it happened. So it didn't even like linger long. And the hard part for me is, and that maybe the hard part for Shereen is as I've done this podcast, I've talked about it a lot because it was sort of a catalyst for me. It happened at a time that was hard, like personally for me. And you know, it's just like a shit storm of stuff. And again, the outcome is way more important than the actual situation. And so like, Shireen is an awesome dude. I love hanging out with Shireen. I love that he's my friend. Like I said, he's basically like my little brother. And we have like a really good time playing video games. I, I just like hanging out with Shireen. And I love listening to his story because as well as I knew him going into it, there was a lot of stuff that I learned. And I'm excited to share it as well. So enough of me. Let's get to Shireen. All right, so today on the show, we have uh, my season four league teammate, Shireen, who I was so excited to team with you in season four, and then, uh, you know, stuff happened and we didn't get to play the full season, but uh, I've known you for, gosh, for as long as I've been in the community, I feel like you were, you were always there, but I don't know your story, Shireen, so where should we start? Should we start at the beginning? Oh my gosh. First of all, hello and thank you for having me on the show. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I I remember first of all, I remember meeting you. I, I think I remember in was it early twenty eighteen? You were mm-hmm. you would you would I think I think your Discord um profile was like a me character or something. You would uh you would post in race planning, getting like all these pickup races, and I remember racing you on SRL. Um before you were yeah. even known as Fear Agent. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I used to go by my old, my actual real name before I changed it to to what it is now. Um, so you were one of the people, like, I know there's a few people that remember me from those early days. You were there. I remember Kermit used to always call me by my real name when I was yes. racing, even after I changed it. Um, but where did you, so where did you start? When did you start? Because I started sometime in 2018. When did you start playing Rando? So it's 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 really funny actually because I I first um heard of Rando in December of 2017. And okay. it's funny it's funny because as the time has gone on like like my first few months like from the end of 2017 until like March of 2018 like those 3 months felt like the longest 3 months ever. And then like when <laughs> all these people joined the community, I felt like in in 2018 that was like a, a sweet spot where the community like exploded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, and then during COVID also, like there was a yeah. bunch more people, but it, it felt like, it felt like in 2018, um, a bunch of people joined. Um, but basically, um, 
I saw a Twitch front page of like an SG daily. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I that's when I saw the randomizer and I, I was very intrigued. I always love ROM hacks. And um, from there, I started playing seeds on the Reddit. Um, I don't know. Mm, if you you, you yeah. Have you been on the subreddit? That's how I started playing. Yeah. I started playing on the subreddit first. Okay. Yeah. So I was on the subreddit for a long time. I S- SRL for those who weren't around like SRL for me was like super intimidating. Like mm, it felt yeah. like so professional. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not good enough to go on SRL. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I feel like nowadays with race time and ladder and, and for how much the community has gone, like it's, it feels so much easier to just join in. Yeah, but, totally. But yeah, SRL was super scary. I remember. Yeah. I mean, you had to download an IRC client. There was like a whole, do you remember like the whole to do to join SRL? It was, it was, was like, it was, a, it was crazy. It was a whole to do. And then you also had issues sometimes where yes. you get like kicked out, you'd get kicked mm-hmm. out and you'd be like, I just got kicked out of IRC. You got to give me a second to get back in. Yep. And um, <laughs> yep. you'd have all, all kinds of issues uh, firing off races and stuff. Yeah. That was crazy. So you were aware of Twitch in 20. Okay. So you're only like 13 years old. So we have a pretty big generation gap uh, between between you and me. And I'm just kidding. You're not 13, but you are a lot younger than I am. Um, I'm 25. I'm 25. Okay. 25. So the game is older than you. So you weren't playing the game. Like you weren't a kid when the game came out. The game had been out for, for a while when you were started playing video games. So where was your history with video games then? Where did you grow up with? So it's it's actually very interesting. My I, I grew up the youngest in my family, and a lot of my older siblings grew who who were in the age of the Super Nintendo and the Nintendo 64. Uh-huh. They grew up on uh, Link to the Past and Ocarina of Time and all all those yeah. games. And so when I was growing up, I I I, I want to say I've played most of these Zelda games. When I was mm. like between eight and ten years old, mm. and I, I, it's funny because I, I, re, I even remember every single Zelda game. I, I basically, you know, as like an eight-year-old kid, pulled up all these Zelda games, and I got through like seventy, eighty percent of the game, and then I got stuck on something, and got mad, and you know, back then you couldn't like look stuff up, so mm. I just, you know, I just said, okay, I'm done. I can't finish the game, and so <laughs> I, I always had a thing for. The older games, because that's what I grew up on, even though it wasn't necessarily my Your generation, my generation, because my brothers actually got uh, a Wii when it came out. And when okay. the Wii came out, when the Wii came out, I was only nine years old mm-hmm. and and they're like, no, you're too young to play on this. You're going to break it. You know, like you can go play on like, you, can, you can go play. <laughs> that's on so the, funny. They're like, you can go play on the 64 or the Super Nintendo. Um because, you know, we're done with that and like the Wii cost a few hundred dollars, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so so even though you yeah. didn't grow up with that in that generation, because you had a bunch of older brothers that had all that stuff, you were still it was like ingrained in you from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the games that I grew up on were um, basically for the Super Nintendo Link to the Past and like Donkey Kong Country. Mm-hmm. And then, and then everything else was like 64, like all the Mario parties and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I know you have a real love for Mario 64, like even more than a lot of people that I know. Does that, that actually, come from playing from the yeah. those early days? Yeah. 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 Mario 64 was probably like my favorite game 
um, as far as like, especially like back then when you couldn't look stuff up, like just exploring. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you go to like school and like kids are like telling you there's a way to get on the roof and, you know, like there's all these like secrets. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mario 64 was actually the first game that I really explored ROM hacking. Um, mm. Because I always felt with these like 3D games, like I always was like, oh, Super Mario 64 would be like super cool if they would just put stars in random places. And I think I actually first played like Kaizo Mario 64 as like my first ROM hack. But like I think back again back then randomizers didn't really exist. Right. It was all like custom made. Right. Um but yeah, Super Mario 64 actually was the first game that I would say I really um explored into the ROM hacking. When you were playing these older games, did it ever progress into the more modern consoles or were you kind of always stuck in the in the retro stuff? Even now, I still feel like I'm stuck in the retro stuff like mm-hmm. I I definitely played a fair bit of Wii and I always give like the newer games a chance. Like I never was much into DS, but like I, I, I myself have like a switch. I'm mostly a Nintendo guy, obviously, as you can yeah. tell. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. but, but for the, for, but I still like view GameCube as like one of my favorite consoles of all time. And like mm. a lot of my favorites, um, you know, Super Mario Sunshine, Luigi's Mansion, you know, the Zeldas Majora's Mask is one of my all time favorites even though that was on the 64, but I, I grew up with the Zelda collector's edition. So I played. Yeah. GameCube. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So did you move into competitive gaming at all? Or was it all just like, let's have fun sort of, was it more of a leisure activity? Um, because honestly, in real life in, in, in IRL, as the kids say, you were doing sports and stuff, right? Like you weren't just a, a video game. Yeah. Guy. I know you played football and, and you and I have shared this like love of, of football and some other sports as well. Oh, so yeah, was the competition definitely. there or was it in video games or where was it? So maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I'm thinking back then and I, I feel like competition in video games, quote unquote, back then was doing stuff on like a harder difficulty. There was no such yeah. thing as like speed running. It's like how how hard can you do stuff? People would do like a three heart challenge of Ocarina of Time and like that's how you flex on people, you know? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. And, and back in my day, even it was like high scores, right? Like. You think of yeah. like, uh, what was that? What was that one documentary about Donkey Kong? Uh, with the, you know, you know what I'm talking about? The King of Kong or whatever, where it's like there are two guys fighting over the Donkey Kong world record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I heard of it, but yeah, you, okay, it's ba- yeah. basically, basically just going infinite on, on these high scores and these old arcade machines. Yeah, 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 for sure. So was that you or you, were you just trying to like compete against yourself or I don't know, Honestly, I don't know what kind of. Were you doing even? Did you dabble in PC games? Because I find a lot of people no, kind of got their competition there. I actually did not. I did not dabble in PC games at all. Actually, um, for me, my uh, competition, so to speak, was I was very interested in a hundred percenting games and doing everything mm. uh, to to the fullest. Um, I felt vi- more inclined to, when the Wii came out. Like I would play through like the Super Mario Galaxies, and I would want to get everything done you know uh super mario mm-hmm. sunshine some of those games i wanted to get everything done mm-hmm. um I, I i didn't really get into speed running until um probably like six seven years ago when i would say i was i started seeing like cool tricks that you can do like at first mm-hmm. at first at first i found out about glitches and like glitches were like oh you could do this to like make a skip you know you can yeah you can skip certain items but Eventually, it became about speed, and I started um, speed running. 
But honestly, I never did any speedrunning until Super Mario Odyssey came out. Oh. But but you got interested in, in speedrunning. And so did Definitely. you is that is that when you found Twitch? Or how did you find that and and were you like was there certain runners that you were following, certain games that you were following? So it's actually funny. I was never into speedrunning. I actually first found Twitch um when and this is the only real computer gaming I ever did. I start I played RuneScape. Okay. And and you know, that was kind of the only internet community I was involved in and um that was a game where at as the years went on, like it became more and more like okay, you know, you you google things and you figure things out because that's that's the only way to uh get better. You know, it's an ever evolving mm-hmm. uh MMO, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and then that's what led me to Twitch and eventually from that it, it definitely went into the video game scene and there were there was not really a lot looking back after that sure so who were you watching outside of the the runescape stuff who who who, who did you kind of gravitate towards um i definitely didn't have any specific channels i i i wasn't really like a, a twitch user i mean as as I said, how I got into Rando was the front page, so I, I kind of just watched a bunch of different stuff. Um, you know, speed gaming was obviously something I looked at, and like they would have mm-hmm. random like Mario Kart tournaments and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I'm like, oh, this is just cool to like watch in the background. Later on, I got into Super Mario 64 speedrunning, but back then I don't really remember following anyone specific, uh, at mm-hmm. least speedrunning wise. Sure. So, so you said Super Mario Odyssey was your first attempt at speedrunning. Yeah, it was. What What was it about Odyssey that that made you want to do any sort of speedruns? I remember when it came out. Um, my friend, I was in school, and my friend had a Switch, and he wanted to like play through it, but he wasn't like free to play it until like after the weekend. So he's mm-hmm. like, Oh, you could play it. But like, once I'm available, I'm going to hog the switch and play. So I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm going to try <laughs> to get through Odyssey in like a few days. <laughs> so I played through Odyssey and I got through like insanely fast and I just was in love with the movement. And, mm, yeah. um, after, after my friend went through it, you know, obviously we were talking about the moons that they got, the moons that I got. And like, it, it, it definitely was a game that I felt had replayability and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, let me give it another shot. And I that was a game that I instantly like fell in love with in terms of, you know, let's just give it another shot, try to go faster, try different strategies. I think Odyssey did an amazing job of uh, letting you do you, you know? You didn't have to yeah. do anything one specific way. Yeah. It's like what, it's Mario 64 to the 10th degree, right? Like Mario 64 is an excellent game, um, but it's it, it is kind of... As as sandboxy as it is, it's still pretty linear, um, and it feels like with Odyssey, you're even. It's even more sandboxy. Like you can really do a lot of crazy stuff with it. Yeah, and like if you look at all the moons, it's almost impossible to tell what the developers intended because there's so many like hidden coin stacks in like areas mm. that you 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 would not think yeah. there's coin stacks like out of bounds and these fancy jumps and captures and stuff. So yeah, it, it definitely Odyssey was a a big hit. So that was pre you getting into Rando, right? That was like 2017. That was before Rando, yeah. That was that yeah. was probably 2016. Odyssey came out in 2016, I think. I think, yeah, I think the, it was a Switch launch title, right? Yeah. And that was, I think that was 2017, like early 2017 or something. 
Um, so how deep did you get into speed running it? So I, even in Link to the Past, as uh, I'm sure you, you know, uh, you've known me, um, my motivation is definitely not on the nuances of movement. And so in Odyssey, when the game first came out, I think world records were like, you know, 108, 109. And my like third run or fourth run ever, I got like a sub 130. I got like mm. a 124. And like I nailed like all of like the easy tricks, the quote unquote like, you know, fancy ones that you like see at a GDQ, not necessarily like hard to execute. Mm -hmm. um, but they're like cool to pull off. You feel good about yourself. Yeah. And, and at that point, you know, I kind of fell off it because I'm like, I, this is where like it ends for me. You know, I can do all the major stuff, but like the, the one to two second time saves are not the glorious ones, you know? Mm -hmm. So I definitely so didn't get too far. Yeah. Did you, because of that, did you then move into the Super Mario 64 speed runs or was that even later? That was even later. Um, Super okay. Mario 64, I actually only picked up more um, when the randomizer came out because that's when I'm for, I first was like, wow, this is like, um, this is like what I was like imagining as a kid when I was like dozing off in class and, you know, <laughs> think, thinking about, thinking about how to push the boundaries of those 64 yeah. games. It's cool to watch, especially with some of the newer games, the newer Nintendo games like Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild is watching the speed runs for those evolve. Like they're still finding new tech for breath of the wild in, in Odyssey and stuff. So every time they showcase it at GDQ, cause that's what kind of when I kind of catch up on a lot of the speed runs, it's like, Oh yeah, we just this last month, we discovered this, which now saves like eight minutes of time. You're like, Whoa. Yeah. That's no, it's really crazy. Cool. It's crazy. And, and you know, with links to the past and like some of these older games, you see these games that are 20, 30 years old that mm -hmm. are still like getting time saves. And it's just fascinating. Um, <laughs> I know. How, they're still how, like, breaking they, all these speaking, games. Link to the past just keeps getting broken yeah, more and more. And we just yeah. got the, the 122 NMG. Oh, right. The past. Yeah. It's um, crazy. It's crazy. That old of a game and you're still seeing the, you know, push for, for perfection. Yeah, totally. All right, so you're you're watching Twitch. You see an SG daily on the on the front page of Twitch, and you're like, "Ooh, a link to the past. What is this?" Or you know, wh where where do you go from there? Like, do you join the Discord? Um, how do you get into actually playing the game? Like, what makes you say like, "Oh, I want to try this"? So I think so. It's interesting. So after watching the dailies, I actually started following a few runners. Um, one of the runners I watched the most at the time who hasn't been around in years, but I used to watch TGH. I don't know if you know that, if you if you know yeah. them, I used to watch TGH a lot and he's still around. He just doesn't do as much. Right. Yeah. It he's been done randomizer with, really. Yeah. He's yeah. been done with link to the past for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, but TGH at the time played a lot of link to the past and was one of the best of the best. Mm -hmm. And from there I saw like a lot of stuff in those runs that I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like, I don't remember this when I was a kid. Like, like I saw him doing like super speed on Death Mountain and I'm like, what? what? How is he going so fast? Mm -hmm. And, and I think when I started doing some research, I found like the emo tracker website and like Sakura's, uh, mm. um, tips yeah. to getting into the game. And I think at that point I eventually found the subreddit where I started like doing those casual seeds. Async stuff. Yeah. 
But I actually never replayed the vanilla game when I first started doing rando. So oh. my first my first few rando seeds, I actually didn't have like a location tracker. I don't know if they were fully existent back then. Either way, I didn't have one. So mm-hmm. I, I I was like posting on the subreddit, hey, I'm stuck in the light world and I can't find the moon pearl. <laughs> yeah. Like 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 those were like my, my first like four seeds. Like I, I just couldn't find like I forgot to bomb the back of well. I didn't know there was a chest. Sure. There. Yeah. You know, yeah. That stuff. Yeah, we kind of take for granted because there's so many resources available now. Uh, you know, the, especially the trackers, Dunka Tracker and Emo Tracker being the big two that have all the locations just right there for you. It's so crazy because in early 2018 when we were racing, like back then before like ladder, SG had like multiple dailies. There was a nightly, and back then like the secret tech that you'd figure out that was it was like it was like black market. Like nobody knew. Like if you found someone who knew how to do like water walk. They would like teach you and then you'd be like the cool kid who knew how to do water walk. Like like there was <laughs> yeah. no tutorials. Yeah. There was nothing. Yeah. Bomb yeah. dupe. That was like that was like who what? You could dupe the big bomb? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I actually remember watching a lot of gamer cows videos back in the day. Uh he had some that taught like water walking and things like that. I remember trying to get off of Hobo without the flippers yeah. and like, how do I do this? And then I came across his video and it, Kind did you have your fair? Idea. Did you have your fair share of soft locks from Hobo? Going, uh, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, like I just couldn't get out of there. I just couldn't, didn't know what I was doing wrong. Got it. Okay. So when did you start racing? When did you take the dip into into racing the game? So I think after like two months on the subreddit, I, I waited a long time. I waited a long time because I was like. Um, in general, I'm very anxious about competing, and I, I didn't want to be that guy that just shows up in an SRL race and gets completely destroyed by everyone. Um, mm-hmm. So my, I, I first joined, I want to say, maybe February of 18 or January of 18, after like a couple dozen seeds. And my first SRL race like was a normal open. I think I got like a 153, which I'm like, that's amazing <laughs> for my first race. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I got sub a sub two. two. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you think brings upon that anxiousness of like, going into it something new like that it's just it's just i don't know i don't know what it is it's just watching i I think it had to do with when i watched like the sg dailies it just it seemed so professional you know the trackers the commentators um it just seemed so put together and it's like i always thought of it of like oh if i don't know what i'm doing i shouldn't be a part of this you know like Mm. like every everyone seems to have it together like you look at those sg Mm -hmm. restreams they look very nice you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you're thinking like am I just going to go on there not knowing what I'm doing and like forfeit? Like this is, this is a, this is a broadcast, you know, you watch, you watch, you know, an NFL game or, you know, professional mm-hmm. sports. You don't, you don't want to see someone out there that's <laughs> that doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah, totally. So, uh, the casual discord, the casual random discord, were you one of the founders of that? Cause that kind of came out of the Reddit, didn't it? It did. It did. So yeah. So after a few of us on the subreddit, I think, me, Megawatt, uh, Drac, um, and JR, who was one of the um, moderators on the subreddit, um, at some point we wanted to kind of dip a little bit more competitively. Um, but I think that was that was also more when, um, you know, Discord obviously was a lot more popular. The Reddit was was not so much. So mm-hmm. we made a casual Discord where we can get like co-op races and stuff going because they actually had co-op weeklies on the Reddit, but they used mm. like a Lua script where like you would have shared inventory and stuff. Oh, there, there, I see. 
there was no info share back then. Um, like the co-op that was on the the Reddit at least was not, mm-hmm. and so yeah, we wanted we wanted to just get more people involved, and again, it, it's kind of like that Reddit graduation where like you know a lot of us who were doing the the casual seeds like consistently started getting first, and we're like, okay, mm-hmm. let's let's start doing all these races together. So we made we made that server, and it, eventually that's where I first had like my small group of friends. And who was that? Who was your like group of friends that you started out with? So, Megawatt and Track were the first couple people. Perdwong also uh, raced mm. a ton on the subreddit. Yeah. Um. That that's actually that was my first league team with Drac and Perdwong. Um. And and then Goomba got into Rando. Uh, Lin, and like and then a bunch of other people over the course of time, uh, eventually joined in. But at first, it was, you know, mainly just us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the league actually was kind of formed in the casual rando discord. Right. I that's think that's kind how, of where I was yeah. hanging out. Yeah. Right, right. Because, the, yeah, then then as it went on, I remember other people joined. I remember you joined. P-Train joined in. Um, I think Sabo was around also. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, Allison. Yeah, we, was there. We, had, we ended up having a, a couple dozen people. And then, you know, and then you, 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 uh, you made a legendary beast in the league. (laughs) We'll get, we'll get to that. I'm trying to think of your tournament records. You don't have a lot. So you, you enjoy the competitive nature of racing, right? But you're not into tournaments. Have you joined a main tournament? Did you ever jump into the main tournament? So when I actually first started playing early in 2018, there was a 2v2 mystery tournament that I want to say was run by like Ack or someone else. It was basically a 2v2 info share where you basically, it was mystery, but again, before mystery existed, they had yeah. like an Excel sheet with randomized like settings and you'd play like a simple entrance shuffle, atomizer, all dungeons or something. Right. Um, and I, I found someone to team with me because I didn't really know people at the time. And, you know, we won a couple games, ended up losing. That was, Who ba- was, that was teammate? My, my teammate was uh, Scooty Puff Jr. Okay, I don't even know if who ever, that is. If you ever heard yeah. the name. <laughs> um, I think I think that tournament, like, I didn't know people at the time, but I think uh, Kyung and Farame ended up winning that, which, you know, of now course. is not a surprise. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that um, makes sense. But but yeah, I I never really played a lot in the main tourneys. I think in there was the five twelve Swiss, which I sat out of because I was again I I was not brand new. I was brand new and I was too anxious to join a tourney. I'm like, there's no way I'm good enough. It's not you mm-hmm. know. And then from there, all the tourneys started being qualifiers, and I think I think for the first couple, I played like all the qual- qualifiers. I know in 2019, I I think I made like the bottom of the first. Uh, quartile like yeah i was like in the top 20 like i got 0.90 in one in like my ranking but i think the groups were like you had to play 15 matches in six weeks or something Mm -hmm. um so i i dropped out i'm like there's no way i can do you know two to three matches a week and and yeah you could why why did you say you couldn't do that because you're still racing like all the time like i feel like even more so than now you were racing a bunch back then. So what was it about the tournaments that or the commitment to the tournament that honestly, kind of turned you off? Honestly, it, 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 it's just I, I myself struggle um, 
with the motivation uh, to compete, especially when you know you're essentially set up for failure. And a lot of these tourneys, <laughs> hold on, hold on, set up for failure. How do you how do you mean? Because all these tourneys, like ultimately, what ends up happening is everyone ends up being upset in one way or another, except for who ends mm. up winning. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as much as people say, "I want to get this far," "I want to get this far," you know, everyone wants to win, and when you eventually take that loss, you take it pretty hard. And so it it always it always kind of keeps me away from doing the tournaments because um you know it's random you, no one can guarantee victory and it always sucks sure. to to make a run and then lose and you know i i just i it just it just wasn't for me i i personally found like the personal anxiety of dealing with these tournament races a lot more a lot less fun for me than um you know, pickup races. Like I, I like the thrill of a, of a high pressure race every time and then, uh-huh. you know, but you know, tournament settings just never were, uh, a, a, I don't know. It just, it just never was a good fit for me. I get it. I mean, you're a Steelers fan. You don't, <laughs> okay. you're used to losing. So I, okay. I understand. All right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> all right. So you qualify. You're good enough because I mean, you got really good at this game really fast. Um, but you're not into the tournament thing. Then the league comes around, and you were one of the voices of like, you know, I I, I came up with this idea, and you were one of the people that I bounced it off of in that casual Discord. It was like you and and Purd and Allison and stuff, and kind of helped me form the league. And you were one of the first teams to join that that uh, that first season with uh, you said uh, Drak and, well, well, and the first season. The first season, I actually ended up sitting out. Um, I was supposed oh, okay. to join. I was supposed to join in season one with yeah. uh, Megawatt and Frostbite. And okay. at the at the last second, I went on like some losing streak, and I'm like, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. You know, I told them. <laughs> I told them I'm sitting yeah. out. They got a way better teammate than me in, in Jet, and you know. Had a had a great season and and you know I eventually I think I was a mod um, in season yeah. one but then in season That's two right. I came back around and I I decided to join. So what was the difference between the league and the main tournaments then for you? Um, I felt a lot more uh, comfortable playing on a team. Mm-hmm. I, I I definitely it definitely co op co op is a big one for me that. Mm-hmm. I just I just feel like a lot better playing. I like yeah. I like I like uh communicating with my teammate and you know, it's it's easier to like stay calm when you're just, you know, you're playing for fun with friends and mm-hmm. um and again, with a teammate, you know, even if you have like a a delay, it's you're still like talking to your teammate. You're not like sitting around like one of the things I hated about the main tourneys as time went on is that you know, I'm like sitting with my stream delay, like twiddling my thumbs for 10 minutes and then it, it just makes me nervous, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, and, what's funny is we talk about stream delays a lot and the 10 minutes is the standard, but it wasn't until the league made it 10 minutes that that became the standard because before that, I don't know if you remember, there were 20 minute delays. I remember that. I remember 20 that. 20 minutes. Oh my gosh. That was it was so long. so long. It was so long. And there was no overrides either, really. Like they, they basically mm-hmm. told people like you have to do it, you know, there was no like starting it late and then just getting someone to override you and being good. Like you had to show up to your race, you know, 30 minutes early, get it ready. Um, yeah, it was, it was stressful. Yeah. So the league 
spoke more to your sensibilities than playing co-op. Because really, the league was the de- the idea of the league was just to play co-op, right? Like that's kind of I got introduced to co-op through you and the casual Discord, and I was like, man, this is so much more fun than doing it on your own. We, you know, create the league. Uh, you were a moderator for that that first season for it, and then um, you're so you kind of found your niche, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then you actually wasn't you in the casual Discord that created the co-op tournament that was like yeah. right after season two. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was a year and a half ago or something where we had mm-hmm. a two v two co-op AD tournament, and yeah, it, it was full. We had thirty two teams and. It was very competitive and it was very fun. Yeah, yeah. Co-op, co-op for me is my favorite way of playing rando. Um, I find the inform info sharing like a little bit cool from like the spoiler aspect. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you get you get to like go mode certain things in a spoiler way, but you also play the seeds in a non-spoiler way. Um, yeah. You have some low percent stuff, but also mm-hmm. sometimes you have that high percent stuff. Like, you know, you you would know playing uh, with Gamma that you know sometimes. Sometimes your teammate finds all the mail upgrades and forces you to <laughs> all do all hearts. the bad checks. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, totally. So the second season, you then you then join Purd and Drac, right? For what was that team name that year? Uh, Clown Parade. Clown Parade. And how'd you guys do that that second season? So you, you so you sat out second season one and then realized you were missing out. That's is that why you wanted to join season two? And then how did you guys do? Yeah, every every tournament you sit out. And then you feel bad about it. You get some FOMO and then you want to join. Like that's, that's the cycle of rando, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, no season two, I wanted to join in season two, um, was a lot bigger. Uh, um, yes. Was, was yes, that 64? That was 64. It was the plan two? 32 that ended up being 64. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was an eight person division. And I remember feeling like we had a pretty good chance. Um, like a lot of the teams we were like, eh, that we could beat them. We were in the division with like the 16 bit nerds and I'm like, oh, these guys, like I've never heard of them. Like they're super easy. But like as as the the season went on, we found that we were it, it was tough. Um, mm-hmm. We ended up being in a situation in the final week where we were going up against Pug Trio and we needed to take a game off of them in co-op AD in order to make the playoffs. If we got swept, we were out and um, we were playing against Andy and Wadey for both games and we were like there's no Jeez. way we're making it like me and Drac were telling ourselves like this is over this is it um <laughs> and we no we ended up went taking a game off pug trio in the final week we made the playoffs as a wild card and we actually had a pretty good run um we won i think we we three owed Tang clan in the first round we um beat pug trio like three one, wow, and then and and you know quote unquote winning the division, and then and then we we act we then promptly got uh, three owed by uh, was it kind of Randall retired I think I think we lost oh, to, yeah. I think we <laughs> lost to to um, Farame Kyung and Super Taylor like three zero yeah. by like a combined like two minutes like I got I got <laughs> wow. I got sni- I got sniped by Super Taylor by like twenty seconds, Drac lost to Kyung by like forty seconds. And uh, Perduang lost, but but at the end of that season, we were like super happy and like, you know, obviously when you win at Rando a little bit, it's more fun for you. So I'm like, yeah, sure. you know, league's good, league's good. I'll I'll join again. 
so did that kind of scratch the itch then? Because I know that you're, there's a competitive side to you. I know how competitive you are. And you have this like anxiety about joining the main tournament, obviously because of those feelings of, of, of losing how bad they are, right? Like everyone loses at some point, except for one person. Did doing it with the team alleviate that? And did it allow you to enjoy Rando kind of how you wanted to then? Yeah, I mean, definitely playing as a team um, makes it feel a lot better. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm generally very critical, uh, both of myself and other runners. Mm-hmm. And um, being on a team for me helps helps have more of a positive mindset because I find playing solo, you know, when I lose, I take it very hard. Uh, mm-hmm. But when I'm on a team, you know, everyone's there to, to make each other feel better. You know, when your teammate right. loses, you, you tell them, don't worry about it. You're good. You know, so in, in a lot of aspects, being on a team is just just makes a more positive environment. And you think that's not there in the main tournament, even when you have friends doing the same thing, like when you lose, like when, uh, we, you know, we're friends with uh, P-Train and GFE, and they both had really good runs in this main tournament. GFE finished fourth, and P-Train just before uh, the semis got knocked out. And so we saw how they reacted right privately a little bit more than publicly, yeah. and the disappointment that they had. But we were the kind of there in in our Discord to, like, cheer them up, right? So do you find yeah. that doesn't quite meet the same expectations then as a, as the league did? You know, maybe 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 I'm a bad guy for saying this, but like quite frankly, you know, it, it definitely feels good when you and your like little group of friends are like doing well. But like everyone wants to be the guy that goes the farthest, and like as much as you want your friends to do well, it it it, it also doesn't feel good if like you get knocked out and all your friends are doing well. So. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's definitely awesome to see everyone competing and you're like, hey, you know, I play against these guys regularly. They're doing well. Like, it makes me feel good about who I am. But, you know. But it is different. It, it's definitely different. Yeah. Okay. So season three, you ditch the clowns and you join Triple Diamond Disasters. Yeah. How did this come about? I'm trying to remember exactly. I think, I think at the time, um... You know, that casual rando server was, you know, fairly active, a lot of pickup co-op mm-hmm. races. Um, you know, Schulzer and Yoshi were a couple people who were pretty active there. And I think Team Awesome disbanded. And, like, at some point, you know, I had a conversation with uh, Schulzer, and we decided to join up. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm down. I'm down with a team with new people. I love, you know, playing rando with... Uh, different people like you know and Schulzer was pretty new at this time right like this is when Schulzer was still pretty new to the community yeah Schulzer Schulzer was still pretty new to the community I think I think Schulzer even then like he was pretty he he was pretty he was regarded as like a pretty good runner but I think Mm -hmm. I think you know he was definitely more new people you know thought he was more of like a risk taker type player but I knew more of him from co-op races Mm -hmm. okay and then you convinced Yoshi to join join you guys as well. I think Yoshi and Schulzer already were coping together. Like I I joined oh, in okay. on, on, the, on them too. Okay, all right. And so season three was a pretty big one for you guys, right? Like final. Did you guys make the finals that year? We we made the finals in season three, and honestly, to this day, season three is probably like my biggest rando accomplishment. Um, I I still think my biggest rando accomplishment is that in season three we 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 swept the last locationers. Um, oh wow! 
that, that is that just respect for the last locationers? This is not the last locationers, which is the newer team. This is the original last locationers, which was Goomba, Illis, and Lin. Yeah, no, it's it's a ton of respect to them. Um, season three in particular, I also felt was a very competitive season. I remember all the divisions were like crazy difficult, and um, yeah, this is the I, first time with the Invitational and the Open League, right? Yeah, so what was it, 32 in the Invitational, and yeah. all the divisions were, 64. like, stacked. Um, Yeah, like, we, I remember we had, like, a rough start. We went, like, 4-4, four and four, and we ended up ripping off uh, what ended up being 12 straight wins, Um, like, you know, six wins to finish off the regular season, and then in the playoffs, we, we 3-0'd... Um, I like big boots, which was huge. It was uh, GGW, um, Relkin, Relkin, and Zero, yeah. which was a huge win. Like that was one where like this can go either way. Um, mm-hmm. And then we played the last locationers, who were the division champions, and we were like, this this is this is gonna be tough. And we we ended up taking that series three uh, zero, and then we played the Titans mitts in the semifinals. And we won that one uh, three to one. I, I I lost a close match with Dante in the semis, and then we lost to the Drifters in the finals. Which yeah, the Drifters were not going to yeah. be stopped that season. They were monsters that year. That was probably the most stressful match of my life. Um, I played Megawatt in the which is awesome because that's someone who you're really good friends with and have kind of came up in the community with too. So you guys go oh yeah. A little matchup in the finals. We were we were talking about it, and like we were both super happy to like play each other. It like feels good that you have a finals where you're like, you know, if we win, we're champions, and if we lose, they're champions. Like we're just happy, and mm-hmm. it was great. It was it was awesome, and yeah, the Drifters had like that was their perfect season. I think they went like fourteen and zero in the regular season. They did, yeah. Um, yeah, but we I lost I lost my uh, pendant game in game three to megawatt the series was one one and that, that was probably my most stressful game of rando um in my career but and like it's moments like that where like i'm happy to play competitively but also like the anxiety of being in that situation i i just i can't stand <laughs> it's fun though i i mean I, from the outsider's perspective for me it's super fun to watch really good runners uh, in those high stress situations, especially when you're friends with them as well, I think it, it adds that much more to the excitement. Oh, for sure. And honestly, like when you look back on it, like everything's good and you're you're happy. But I remember after that loss, I was like super hard on myself, and for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like I lost by a couple minutes, despite you know. The yeah, way it was I a played. really good race. It was a really uh, good race. Yeah. But I was I was very hard on myself, regardless, and like you know I. I find in this community a lot and there's no one to blame specifically. It's just, this is a community where we value wins and losses very highly. We look at, we look at champions with a lot of prestige and Mm -hmm. it's a randomizer. It's frustrating because as much as we value wins and losses, um, you know, skill doesn't translate to that uh, linearly at all. And mm-hmm. it and and despite us knowing that, we still crave to compete. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. And we still and we still take losses just as hard, even though we know 
that we shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that it's fascinating because so many people uh, struggle with that. I mean, I'm raising my hand right now. I'm definitely one of them. Like, it is hard to play a randomizer and get good at it and then lose to people that you should probably not lose to, right? Like, skill-wise, you, you, you're better than them. And yet, because they chose left instead of right and got the item that they needed to to progress faster than you, they win the race. And it's just that that, that stuff can be frustrating. I think I think what it comes down to is if you tell yourself, hey, winning and losing doesn't matter, right? Because at the end of the day, um, you know, there there's definitely a lot of luck involved, right? I think mm-hmm. if you tell yourself that, honestly, which more recently I've definitely felt a lot better about the game, then mm-hmm. like it definitely feels I, I definitely feel a lot less motivated to join tournaments because I definitely feel that more to myself that like Hey, yeah. tournaments, tournaments are just like, Hey, you're good enough to like get past the qualifiers, maybe get through groups. And then like at that point, it's just a crap shoot to see if you get through, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so where do you see your role in the community then? Because you're kind of always, you have your hands secretly in everything. It feels like, like, it doesn't feel like you want to be front and center. Like you don't want to be the face of whatever it is, but you kind of are always in it all, and then you eventually join the council. So where's your role and kind of how did that the, the council spot happen? Um honestly for the longest time, um I I wanted to be involved everywhere. I um I made the casual rando discord. I I loved league. I I was pretty active in um helping out newer players. Um again this was before uh, the Go Mode podcast Discord came around. Um, in the early seasons of the mentor tourney, I loved, you know, mentoring people and mm, yeah. just, 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 just racing like a bunch of people. Um, now I, I generally feel a little bit less involved, uh, just because I feel like the community has grown so much that like we have everything, like we have multiple racing platforms. We have the ladder, we have resources everywhere for training Mm-hmm. We have we have multiple podcasts. Um, <laughs> yeah, we have yeah. we have tournaments for everything, right? We have all these yes. pickup tournaments for everything. Um, although I, I did just um, start up that eighty keys tourney that we just had a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, right now I'm I'm I feel like I'm not really so much a part of the community. I feel more. Like I, I just play a little bit casually. Like I have some modes I'm interested in, but I, I, I don't feel like I'm a big part of the community anymore, honestly. Well, you are part of the council, which is something I never saw coming when you joined. What season did you join the council term? And and are, what would what did you what was the purpose? What did you, what was your goal when you joined the council? And where do you see the council going forward as a, as still a member of it? Um, I think I, I don't remember what term I think I've, I've been on now for like four terms. Um, but I remember wanting to join the council just because back then I had my hands on everything, like on Twitch, like I follow like 900 streamers and like one of the things, one of the things I would do is whenever I would see some random person in discord ping for a race, I would just throw them a follow on Twitch and I just start watching them. So when Mm. it came to like hunting, down uh, people who were cheating or just 
seeing what was going on, I found myself just like very knowledgeable on a lot of uh, things. You know, mm-hmm. I just I, I I knew a lot of no name runners. I I knew a lot of like what different parts of the community was opinions on things. Um, so I, I originally joined just to kind of put that all together and, and use it. So what do you see the role of the counselor go, going forward? Is, is their job done? Are they just here to catch cheaters or what, what's the role of the council? What's your role in the council? So I, I think a lot of the council now has definitely been more, um, dealing with active cheaters. I know a lot more when it first got started was getting the rules in place. Myself, I, I going forward, I definitely see it, you know, just being less, uh, less of a need, kind of more in the hands of the moderators. Mm-hmm. I think, I think the community has gotten, for the most part, everything down uh, pretty cleanly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the the terms now are are honestly not so active. You know, we have a few rulings on like glitches once a term. Um, so definitely not a, a lot of activity. And, you know, again, quite honestly, myself, I would love to just see the council kind of scale down a little bit. Well, that's yeah. I was going to ask. There's like a 50 people on the council. Or so. There's like so many people on the council. Why is why are there so many people on the council? Does Rando need how, how many people on the council? 19 people for a council? So I was always I was always a fan of diversifying the council. And I think having you know, people from all the different language communities and all the different sub communities was always a good um, idea. Just, just, you know, again, when you're, when you're one hunting cheaters, you want to have someone in every community um, to know everyone. But um, so I think that's like a big part of why there's a lot of people on the council. Um, But, but again, you know, on my opinion, as far as like the work put in um, is considered, I would say I, I, I personally would like to see the council uh, disbanded at some point. I think, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, we have great moderators. We have a lot of stuff um, automated. And so, you know, I think we're in a position where, you know, people who are in charge know what they're doing and can take care of things. And, you know, we don't need this confusion of having, you know, too many hands in the pot. Mm -hmm. Right. Because then tournaments can, you know, ban or do whatever they want. They can make whatever rule set they want. They don't necessarily have to follow the council. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we already saying, have we are we have mo- we, you know like like we have the ladder which is under uh, Dunka's jurisdiction, you know, with uh, Herf and whatnot, and every mm-hmm. tournament does has their own rules also, and so it definitely feels like you have a lot of uh, jurisdiction over different parts of the community, and I would love mm-hmm. to see that kind of close up and just you know have uh, less authority and and kind of more of just like hey, these are the moderators, these are the admins, and we're all gonna work. Uh, based on mm. this, you know, what do you see as the glory days of Rando? Are we there now or is, do you miss the old days uh, when we we're group racing of like 40 and 50 people consistently? Like I felt like when, you know, in 2018, there wasn't the latter. There was uh, SRL races, pickup races, and it wasn't one on one racing. So it was always in a group. Do you miss those sort of races or do you enjoy where we are now with the ladder or is it, what, what are your thoughts there? I, I definitely think I'm in the minority when I say I'm not as much of a fan as where the community is today, just because of the optimization of the game. I, I, as much as racing, I love the ladder. I'll, I'll first say mm-hmm. that I love the ladder. And I think that that's probably one of the most fun ways to race this game. Um, 
having said that, I, I definitely um, am not a fan of how optimized the game is, how optimized the routing is. I, I definitely much preferred the, you know, let's say 2018 era where there was a lot more discovery. Mm-hmm. There, there was a lot more like, it was a lot more common back then that like your, your opponent might have died to crabs outside of Ice Rod Cave, you know, like these kind of things happened, you know. So there was a lot more, um, there was a lot, there was a lot more uh, elements going on in a race where, you know, I think, I think also back then, you know, um, emulator was the norm and like mm-hmm. different trackers and auto tracking didn't exist. So a, a lot of these tricks you don't take for granted, you know, back then only like three people maybe could hover, um, back then, you know, it wasn't a given to know every single dark room. So Every single race, you kind of have to take into account what can or can't my opponent can do. And I think nowadays, you just kind of assume um, everyone can do anything. Um, but isn't that the natural evolution of a game, like of anything? Like everything, you know, every season of football over the de- dead generations, the teams get faster and stronger and better plays are built based off of, you know, more knowledge. Um, and obviously the same thing is going to happen in Rando. Like when the influx of players, like from you and I in 2018, where there's a bunch of new people when they all got better. And then there was an influx of, of people in 2020 and they even got better faster. Right. Like, and you know so, what? I know this is not, I know this is not the perfect comparison, but just like the NFL in the past, however many years has shifted to an offensive era where you see mm-hmm. these games that are offense and like, these offensive playbooks are like perfect and you see these mm-hmm. high scoring games like you've never seen before. Do you ever miss like an old, you know, 10 to three, you know, football game, you know, like, not, like I'm really, <laughs> I, okay. I enjoy, I, mean, I enjoy where football is now. I, I do miss like the hard hitting days, but there's also the, uh, the other, the, you know, the safety part of it as well. But I so I think, I think what it comes down to is now in a seed, when I hit go mode, I'm just bored. I'm just, I'm just mm. like, I'm just like, let me see the winner or the loss. Like, like that's, that's kind of all I'm really like thinking about. Mm-hmm. And it, I think, I think, I think, I think that's also just my, um, desire when I play video games to the element of discovery. I, I also, mm. I also enjoyed video games a lot more back when you couldn't look up guides back when a game right. came out, you re- you really were blind and you didn't know yeah. what to look for. Um, and so, so you're I think, a purist, you want the pure <laughs> discovery of what, you know, like you want to search for all 900 Koroks. You don't want to die. I, I, I do. I do. I, there's part of me that agrees with you. Like I, I, I like Korok hunting <laughs> as ridiculous as it sounds. I like kind of figuring things out. Um, but also in competition, I want to be the best that I can. So I don't know. It's a weird, a weird, like kind of dichotomy that kind of goes together yeah it's 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 weird because again on on one hand i feel like there's a lot of uh talent from the community that has 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 retired that has stepped away but on the other hand there the competition gap has closed so much that like anyone can win any race now and Mm -hmm. it's like crazy but um you know again like one of the things that shifted over time is like it used to be a thing that like you'd never skip left side swamp. And then mm-hmm. eventually it shifted to like, okay, you could skip left side swamp if it's one item, but like two items, never skip it. And then like eventually people started skipping like two item left side swamps. And then, you know, when I was watching like league, you know, whatever season, I saw 
you know, Frostbite and a bunch of other people skipping three item left side swamps. And I'm like, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay, like, you know, it, I feel like, I feel like we're in such more of a skip heavy era also. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I think right now there's, I think what it is is I think people are trying to find because the media, everyone's kind of at the median point. It's trying to take advantage of any edge case that they could take advantage of. Right. Like you just mentioned that the community has gotten really good. And, uh, so how do you, how do you win? Well, you got to make more skips, right? I feel like that's probably where we're at. It will probably change over time as well. And there was that, that group of players that we thought were good or great and they are, but they haven't competed against the new class. Right. So it's hard to say that how good, good they would have been today. So yeah, there's definitely part of the, 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 the old retirees that, that I miss having around, but that doesn't mean that there's not people that have replaced them as far as skill quality goes either. And, and, and you know what? And you know what? You're right. There definitely, there definitely is. And I, I've also seen a lot of names who I, I looked up to so much back when I first started playing and they, and some of these names came back after like a few years and then like they played in these races and they got completely stomped by like <laughs> right. the new yeah. people. Um, I, I definitely feel really good where I'm at. I, 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 I don't compete a whole lot, but for as long as I've been around and, the little I play, I, I, I feel good in the sense that I can compete. I, I'm not mm-hmm. one of the top players, and I'm not going to win a tournament. But You're you not going to win a tournament because you don't enter the damn tournaments, Shereen. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I, I want you to enter the tournament so I can root for you in the tournament. Well, um, you know, may, maybe maybe these uh, you know, upcoming league seasons I'll, uh, you know, I'll go for a title. <laughs> you know, I, I, listen, the last, three, the last three league seasons, you know, I know we didn't talk about season four. But right, these last we, we, three, you know, we're running out of time, but we're going to we're, we're going to make time for it. These last three league seasons, all all three seasons, um, my team uh, made it as like a wild card. And then mm-hmm. we ended up winning the division uh, in yeah. the playoffs, which which felt good. I, I feel good mm-hmm. about how how league's gone. All right. So as you mentioned, we're running out of time. So let's get to season four. You ditch Schulzer and Yoshi. And you move with move in with uh, myself in, in Gamma Chu. How did that come about? Um. So. And why the switch every season? Why why not a consistency? So so I love switching teams every season for multiple reasons. I like I like playing with new people, co-oping with new people. But also as time goes on, you play with different people. Like like I I didn't know who Gamma was, you know, when season two existed. Um. Mm-hmm. But. The guy, you know, showed up and we started co-oping a lot. So by the time, you know, season four came around, we we played a lot more. Um, and I think it's also it's reassuring when you play with a different team. Even if everyone on the team is quote-unquote high-skilled, it mm-hmm. feels good to play with different team members every season and, like, you know, you try to make a run. You know, you don't you don't, you don't yeah. play with the same team every season and then you're like, well, are my teammates carrying me? You know, how, how should I feel about this? Mm-hmm. All right, so give me your perspective on season four then. So, yeah, I mean, I've talked a lot about season four. You tell me your perspective on season four, how things went. I left in week three or four. Just kind of tell me what your thoughts are. Um, Season four was was good. I, it was, I'm trying to remember, um, I think we had a, a dominant start. You, you uh, dropped out. You were undefeated when you dropped out, I remembered. Was um, I? I think I only did I think, two race, two or three races, yeah. And we we got Ramond. I know, you know, you talk about how big of an upgrade he was, but um 
you know, season four, honestly, like we had a fun division. And mm-hmm. I, I remember the whole time, you know, with Moogle and Julo and Wally and, you know, we were just kind of shit talking, you know, who's going to get first and all that stuff. And um, I think season four definitely felt like a big jump for me as far as like my ego boost, because I felt very confident that we were going to mm-hmm. make the playoffs and, and um, be a top contender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't win the division, right? I think we lost a coin flip for the division. Oh, was that what happened? I don't even we, remember. We were, we were, we were both, we were both. Um, was it twelve and two or eleven and three? Twelve um, and two. Yeah, I'm, I just pulled yeah, it. Yeah, we, bo- we were both, we were both twelve and two. We both, we both split with each other, and we both lost to, to Wall Kicks. Um, I lost to Wally in Kaz Boots, and Julo lost to Wally, I think, in Cross Keys. So we both, we both <laughs> went twelve. We both went twelve and two. And uh-huh. they won the coin flip for the division head. That's crazy. Because it, t- it takes a while to get to the coin flip. The fact that the team split with each other and then split with the same person made yeah. it so you had to actually go to the coin flip, but which is pretty nuts. Yeah. But yeah, that's a, I mean, 12 and twelve and two is a heck of a season. And then yeah. you head no, into we- uh, round one against the Sexy Gannons. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, definitely it was it was a good season, and again, regardless of the coin flip, we're like, whoever we play, we're going to play, it doesn't really matter, you know, this is all for fun and games, you know, like, whoever wants to shit talk being the number one seed, you know? Yeah. Because we're, we're, we were very friendly with um, Magliacci. Yeah, that was Orange, uh, Moogle, and Julo, and I, I was surprised how good they were that year, I'm not going to lie, I did not expect 12-2 and two from Magliacci that year. Uh, yeah, I was also surprised. It definitely, I definitely, <laughs> I, de- I definitely thought we were gonna, we were gonna take the division uh, yeah. a little bit more easily. All right, so you, um, you go into the playoffs. You got, uh, let's see, it looks like your first week was against the sexy Gannons. Yeah, and we you ended up we, going three zero. Yeah. So you start things off, and you just steamroll from there because then you get your revenge against Magliacci, which is exactly what we were waiting for. Um, that was, that was a fun one. Uh-huh. Um, I, I got to play against Moogle that ended up being an unfortunate, you know, jet seed wasn't in any, wasn't even close. And I think was that, that was also a three Oh, right? Yeah. Yep. So you went six and O in the, in the first two rounds of the division and then the conference finals against the Titan Smiths. Take it away, Shereen. So, so this is, a, this is actually, um, this was a very, I was actually pretty excited for the series. Um, I think I made a comment when they won their series. Um, I we played myself against the Titans Mitts in the semifinals in season three because um, I was mm. on triple dinos. So right. in in season three, um, I played the opening game against Dante. I ended up losing to him by like a couple minutes, and I, I was a little down on myself. But I remember I'm like, you know, my teammates got this. We'll win. Um, you know, we ended up uh, coming back and. Um, winning that series in season three. Um, so I was very excited in this season, season four, to play again. Um, I lost a very close match, I think, in game one to Nep. Yeah, um, it looks like it was I, 22 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, it was It was a tough one. I don't, I don't remember exactly what happened. I think I went into, like, a pendant ice looking for something um, where it wasn't there and you know, between that and some other routing, it, it was very close. And, you know, so I said, you know, okay, you know, I, I'll 
Hopefully my teammates could pull it out. Uh, you know, that was a close game one. I I remember Ramond versus uh, Relkin was a toss-up um, mm. in the Krosky's match. I remember they were both checking, like, something completely different, and the Gomod item had to be in, like, one of those spots. And, um, <laughs> you know, it, end, it ended up favoring Ramond. And I honestly don't remember... Gamma versus Dante. Gamma beat Dante by about five minutes, which was kind of his revenge for the main tournament. From the main since, tournament. Yeah, since Dante got the one up on him there. Yeah, so, so yeah, I mean, that was, we went, we went up 2-1 in the series, and then there was obviously the game four that, you know, unfortunately, you know, is controversial or not controversial, or, you know, it was a lot, it was very hard for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you know, from uh, to to keep it short, I guess from our perspective, from my perspective, don't uh, keep it short. I, this is the this is the I, podcast I, where we get into it. <laughs> this game I five, was, there was no game five. Tell me, tell me why. Yeah, so so I, I was very disappoint disappointed after uh, game four. Um, I remember actually, you know, talking to a few people during the game because, um. You know, the game was almost over before it started um, from a restream perspective. You know, I, I remember um, Nep skipped Hera Basement, which had like the Pearl early mm. on and, and ended up doing everything before it, including a Aga 1 um, when the Pearl was just in Hera Basement. I remember Gamma had like a 10 minute lead early on, like it wasn't even close. And again, you know, that's very tilting and... You know, Nep obviously was very tilted throughout the rest of the race. You know, I think they, they took a death on Colts there. And you know what? It, it She clawed back, though, because she brought it. Yeah. It was closer than 10 minutes. I mean, she was pretty far behind, but she, she knowing that she was behind, just ended up skipping so much stuff that ended up catching her up. Like, oh, oh I yeah. Mean, she, it wasn't was like, there, she wasn't there, but it was, she definitely it was like, cut down on the, uh, the time difference. I remember difference. It, was, it was like, it was like a 10, 12 minute gap or something. But then, you know, Nep dodging some of the like North Dark World and stuff like that. They ended up going to what was it like Pendant Meyer at the same time. Um, you know, it was it was close to a two, three minute difference um at the end there. And, mm-hmm. you know, Gamma obviously then had his game crash. And um you know, again, and I think it's just from the way I see the game from like a less uh competitive element. You know, I I, I again no by by this I, I really don't say this to, you know, be hard on Nep, but mm-hmm. everyone has everyone has rough games. Everyone has has games where you know they don't, you know, execute perfectly. Everyone has games where they they miss mark, they make mistakes, and to me, that game was less about like the console crash and more about how the rest of it went. And you know, I I I didn't I I didn't know about any conversation that Gamma or Nep had. I don't know. I don't think they spoke or whatever. But to me, I don't I don't know if it was because you know Nep had a perfect record or whatever it was. But to me, it was like the series was over by the time Nep did Aga one. And you know, obviously, I'm not you know crying because Nep brought it within two minutes. Um, you know, it just it just felt like you know. In those situations when you have a bad day, to me, it's more like, you know, you just take the loss, you know, from how mm-hmm. you played. But again, you know, 
not everyone shares the same view as me. You know, again, it's the league. It's 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 very competitive. Everyone wants to win, and you're, you know, you you legally won that game, and that's totally fine. And, and so how did know, how and did the, you, and the Titans miss for champions? Yeah. Well, well. So how did you and Ramon and Gamma Chu come to the decision to not play Game Five? So when I first discussed it with Gamma, he he was like pretty broken over that game like he told me after that game like i don't even care about this anymore like after that like the league means nothing to me like that kind of you know result is very demoralizing um Mm -hmm. and i got that and ramon was like asleep at the time and when we discussed it our biggest concern quote unquote to playing game five was kind of legitimizing that result in game four um you know, Gamma also had a perfect season up until then, and uh, you know, we were more standing behind him for, um, you know, being as good as he was and having the season he did. And I earlier in that season had a game versus Wall Kicks where I had a crash like 15 minutes in, and I was debating, you know, forfeiting early, but I ended up playing it out. And I, I told Ramon and Gamma honestly that like. You know, once you play something out, like you you can't you can't go back. You know, so if we play this game five, and regardless of what happens, if we play this game five, then like we're we're saying we're okay with what happened in game four, but like we're not. You know, Gamma's obviously not happy about it. None of us are happy about it. So you know, even though we're not going to win the tournament, even though not not everyone's going to be happy about it, we want people to remember this game four for what it was. And, you know, again, it was unfortunate. And again, you know, we were happy with how the season went. We, we know we aren't the champions. We know they are. And um, that was the thought process. Do you, um, if she had offered a rematch, would, would that have satisfied the, the feelings that you are helped come to terms with what, what you guys were feeling? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in 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 this competitive scene, no one ever expects anyone to give someone a free win. And, mm-hmm. you know, when the crash happened, we were originally, like, rolling our eyes, like, wow, Gamma just, like, had this win wrapped up, but, like, now instead he's going to have to do, like, a rematch. Like, oh, well, whatever. Like, we'll get another crack at it. Um, I think that was, like, our original mindset. Um, you know, nothing in this community comes for free, obviously. And... um. No, we weren't really expecting uh, a free win. Okay, so where do Skull Kids go forward from here? Are they back for season five? Where where do the, where does the Skull Kids? What's um, the future? We've had some brief discussions about potentially returning. I think a lot of us were curious to wait for the reveal and see the modes and kind of see the reactions and how things go. Um, but we were potentially thinking about rejoining which would be interesting because this, this would also be the first time that I join with uh, the same team again. Mm-hmm. Should, should we rejoin? Are you gonna, you're not going to jump ship then? Um, if you play league season five, is it going to be with the skull kids? If I play league season five, it's going to be with the skull kids. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you for going into that. I really appreciate it. I know it's not easy to talk about. Yeah. I appreciate you being open and honest about it. So let's wrap this up because we're way over time with uh, the tilt question. How do you handle tilt train? What's um, what's your steps? Well, do you have a one, do you have a way of handling tilt? 
J- I just blame it on gamma. Is that the answer right there? Honestly, honestly, I I definitely am not the best example um, in this community for someone to handle salt. I definitely get salty. Mm-hmm. I think my best approach to feeling better about it is to again to stop thinking about wins and losses. To start to I basically like to take every race I do and basically dissect it to okay, how much did I win by? How much did I lose by? And what was the like difference in like the routing decisions, you know? If I lose a race by two minutes, um, almost every single time, I feel comfortable with where those two minutes came from. Mm-hmm. And if I if I can identify that, it's something I feel good about. You know, mm-hmm. like when I lost to Megawatt in that match in league finals, um, yeah. I, I was able to identify where it was and that kind of helped me feel better about it. Um, and so a lot of my races where I do lose, if I can clearly identify like, oh, okay, they did all these stuff over me, then... I start to think like, okay, it's out of my hands, you know, like I'm comfortable with how I route. I'm very happy with how my decision making um, normally is. And if one of the decisions didn't go my way, like, okay, I played the game long enough to know that I shouldn't change anything, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thanks for coming on the show, man. And uh, thanks for being willing to go a little long. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I just want to thank Shireen again for coming on the show and just being honest like he says stuff that I'm sure people might not agree with or might not like, but I love that about him. I love that he's willing to to have his opinions and stand by those opinions and be cool with it. And I think he is a valuable member of the community. I wish he would race more. I really do. Like, I love playing rando with Shireen, and I wish that he would play more of it. That's my biggest wish. But I'm glad he came on. I'm glad we were able to hear his story. And, and now I can, forever, on the podcast put the season four shit behind us like i can just move on it's all that's need to be said has been said about it i talked with gamma i talked with uh with shireen and i got their perspectives and we're good if you talk to shireen try to get him to uh, race more that's all i want all right so we'll be back on monday with days cloud who has already been on the show but as a host not as a guest and uh it's a long one days and i go long so buckle up, because it's the longest episode of 216 that I've done. And uh, it's a really fun conversation that we have. So come back on Monday for that. Join the Discord. 216pod.com has a link to the Discord. Have the YouTube channel up. 216 Weekly, I forgot to mention earlier. This Saturday, we're doing League Animizer, chosen by Moogle Charm, restreamed on twitch.tv slash fearagent underscore. Uh, we had eight last week. See if we can get more this week. So come join that. Uh, subscribe where you can if if you can leave a review on apple Podcasts, that of course helps us out as well appreciate you all listening come back on monday for days cloud see you next week